0: From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. As we approach the end of the second year of the pandemic, if you're feeling mentally exhausted, you're definitely not alone. Here with me to talk about what's happening is Dr. Koshal Nanavati. He's Upstate's Assistant Dean of Wellness and the Medical Director of Integrative Medicine and Survivorship and also an Assistant Professor of Family Medicine. Thank you for making time for this talk, Dr. Nanavati.
1: Amber, I'm glad to be
0: back. Well, a record number of Americans are quitting their jobs. There's a labor shortage that seems to be impacting all industries. so I want to ask you about the root cause of this turmoil. Do you think this mass exodus is because of the pandemic?
1: You know, honestly, it's a multifactorial thing. So this question that you're posing a little different than some of the past conversations we've had, and you know there are economic theories and political theories, and I'll let the specialists of those talk about that. but in terms of you know, health, wellness, well-being, mental health, there are so many factors that, many of which were present before the pandemic, but have been magnified or exacerbated by the pandemic. Uh, So what we've noticed with surveys that have been done by multiple organizations that do these things, there's increased anxiety, there's decreased enthusiasm for work, lack of motivation, or decreased motivation rather, uh, reduced focus at work, increased sense of depression, people feeling more isolation and kind of uh, less of a network of support, um, even insomnia, lack of sleep, right, and sleep disturbance. And a lot of this is fueled by what's happened during this time frame, which, you know, employees have felt economic uncertainty, right? Uh, people have to deal with family members at home who might be recovering. Uh, I give the example of teachers often, you know, who are, possibly parents. So they've got kids at home who are trying to do homeschooling while the teacher may have to be at school. Uh, and, and what a difficult task, right? And then the administrators that have to try to support them and at the same time manage and continue the education, the care. So it's almost become like a no-win situation. And so that makes it difficult at multiple levels. Both the employee, the employer have their own unique stressors that you know they're both dealing with.
0: Well, some economists and social scientists are suggesting something more existential. They, they're saying that this rise of remote work may have permanently altered the way we think about our lives and the world. What are you hearing from your patients or your colleagues or the medical students you teach?
1: So I think it's been uh, multifactorial. Again, I would say that, you know, there are some who have thrived with the flexibility that they've been able to have. Working from home has worked out for some people. Learning online has worked out for some people. Uh, But not everybody uh, is comfortable with that. Uh, And there are people who, by nature, uh, thrive in social situations, being around people. And for them to be suddenly in front of a computer, one screen or two screens or three screens, Uh, And having no physical engagement, no social engagement with other people, that's led to increased anxiety, depression. uh, And uh, frankly speaking, when you suddenly tell people, you know, you can work from home, companies start to sell buildings or divest in physical space, that can be very scary because that actually sometimes creates economic uncertainty for people. You know, am I going to have a job? Is my job really that necessary if it's not there? Are they going to, you know, hire out or outsource what I'm doing? Uh, for students, you know, when you think about college students, even high school students and medical students, when you have classes that require hands-on that are now being done online, right? The classic example is, you know, anatomy, right? Learning things that are supposed to be hands-on, lab science classes, right? Uh, classes that require group engagement, being on a screen isn't the same as connecting in person, right? I'm a person who loves to, you know, take a, a board and start writing stuff and mapping things out with people, and it's harder to do on a screen. There are technologies that are, you know, evolving as a result, and I think that's some of the gain that we will get is the technological evolution that this has kind of forced upon us in some ways and actually engendered will shift things for the long term, for sure. Uh, you think about telemedicine and telehealth, remote patient monitoring and healthcare, and some of these things are advances that should allow us to manage population health better in the future, once we get better at utilizing them and figure out models that actually make them viable, you know, both economically uh, and from the health perspective.
0: With all of what's been happening, some people are leaving their jobs or retiring early because they're just mentally exhausted or they're burned out. And I think healthcare workers are among those with the highest reported cases of burnout. So can we talk about some of the reasons for that? Is it all the fault of the pandemic or is there something more?
1: So one in, actually two out of 10 Americans or about 20% or one in five Americans, however you wanna say the numbers, had uh, you know anxiety, depression slash mental illness, uh, you know, even before the pandemic. Now with the pandemic, that's been magnified, and what many people have realized is that you know what this stress just isn't worth it for my health. And so people, uh, and I just read an article about you know a couple who basically retired, uh, but uh, had enough in their savings where they didn't necessarily jump onto collecting social security. They're going to use up some of their retirement and wait to collect social security until they're older because then they get a higher. Absolute amount uh, in their social security. So people are getting creative in what they're doing. For employers, it's a very difficult thing. And in healthcare, it's, it's a big problem because to replace uh, an experienced employee who has a skill set is not only very expensive, it's time consuming. And in that time frame, when you don't have someone to fill the gap. Uh, at the end of the day, that can impact patient care, right? Community care and the health of an entire population. Plus the people that are left behind now have a greater burden to manage and to take care of. So, uh, it's a huge stressor. In fact, for employers, one of the things that they've talked about is, you know, for them the mental and emotional health of employees and the physical health of employees is actually a much higher factor for them than some other things that people might think of naturally, simply because when employees are anxious or depressed, their functional ability goes down. We know that things like lighting affected, we've talked about that before with Dr. Satish on the show before, Uh, but at the same time, you think about the mood, the tone, You know, the attitude and one person who is burnt out uh, or depressed or anxious at work can impact the entire team, especially in healthcare, where we're so intimately connected in the work that we do in caring for the lives that we're privileged to care for.
0: You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Koshal Nanavati about the collective level of mental exhaustion in America as we're wrapping up the second year of the pandemic. Dr. Nanavati is Upstate's Assistant Dean of Wellness, so he's focused on what can be done to improve the situation, especially among healthcare workers. Now, Dr. Nanavati, you and I have talked before about ways that individuals can cope during stressful times, but this feels like more than that because even some of the most well-adjusted, mentally balanced people are leaving careers because of working conditions. So how do we as a nation fix
1: this? So I think this is a big, big point. Uh, And it's not just a nation, it's a global issue uh, in terms of what we've uh, come to focus on in society. When we talk about efficiency, we talk about things like resilience, we talk about performance measures and all those things. Uh, And recently I had a chance to speak in front of a a group of finance folks, and even in their industry, you know, stress, anxiety, burnout, those are really high. Uh, And so when we think about it, think about wellness as what a system offers, right, for its employees or for the people in its charge so that they can actually have a greater sense of well-being and well-being is what people do for themselves right so when we think about well-being and we've talked about this and we'll continue to talk about this talk about the core four nutrition physical exercise stress management spiritual wellness you know there are eight domains of wellness that incorporate everything from finance uh, social emotional occupational environmental factors nutrition physical factors etc but the reality is as systems we really have to think about what is it that we're offering for the people that work for us, that we care for? Uh, and some of the most important things when we think about it are flexibility, right? So that we meet people where they are. Life is a dynamic, it's not a static. And a lot of companies have uh, you know, fixed benefits packages and kind of fixed plans in place, but people's lives change, right? And during this pandemic, it really became evident that not everybody has the same need. not everybody has the same stressor. Some people needed time to take care of loved ones at home, right? Other people had the flexibility to actually offer more time at work, right? And so they could benefit from that extra time. Uh, Others started to just not take care of their mental, emotional, nutritional, physical health. And for them, a robust employee uh, assistance program Uh, is something that could not only be everyone thinks of EAP or employee assistance as, oh, if I have a a mental health problem, I can call them. The reality is an employee assistance program should be able to help with uh, setting up things like childcare, right? Uh, finding resources, whether it's mental health or financial health or physical health and offering those things that become a comprehensive and that can flex right with what a person needs so that people can adjust and adapt to their life and the company adjusts with them. That's embracing the relationship with the employee versus dictating or directing the relationship, right? And as we start to do that, we start to realize that employers and employees can actually be part, it's a relationship, right? And a relationship is stronger, it's like a ladder. The two posts are held together by the rungs. Communication, trust, honesty, flexibility, right? Compassion love, all of those things and more are qualities that bring that relationship together. It has to be done from both sides. And so employees have to recognize the stressors that employers are facing right now just to keep the doors open. And then employers have to recognize that employees coming in every day are bringing in a greater burden than that's been in the past. And when the pandemic ends, these problems were here before. If we have the wisdom to learn from this, what will happen is we will adapt to a new world with new rules of engagement, right? Which are different than what they were before the pandemic. And when we do that, I think we'll be able to come out of it in a healthier way. Hopefully that's the goal. Uh, And not every industry will come out the same. Not every organization will come out the same. Not every person will come out the same, but what we can do and especially representing an institution is be open, meet people where they are, learn their life story first, because then we get context and perspective for each employee, and that's how an institution can support them.
0: And what you're talking about, I think can apply to every company or business, um, but I'm feeling like the, in healthcare, I mean, we, we have to heal the healers first, right? Because they're the ones we turn to to take care of us. Are there specific fixes being talked about in healthcare?
1: So I think, as I mentioned earlier, if you look at healthcare, it's a broad spectrum, right? Nurses, uh, healthcare providers, uh, front desk staff, uh, complementary providers, you know, and all those in healthcare, administrators as well, teachers, faculty, students, right, and patients, all have a different perspective on this and different needs. And the most important thing I think that any healthcare organization can do is continue to gauge their employees. I think managers during times of stress and distress should create a more regular and consistent connection with their employees to actually connect, right? To learn where they are. Because if we make assumptions, you know, employers underestimate the degree of distress that employees feel and have felt during this pandemic. Surveys have showed that again and again. And so employers are missing the mark. When employers start to give messages out of positivity without acknowledging the stress and distress that their employees are feeling, I think the first place is to meet people where they are to acknowledge uh, what the reality is and the fact that the, the administrators and bosses are feeling it too versus know, the boss comes in and says, hey, listen, you guys are doing great, keep going. Uh, You know, it's a matter of saying, look, I'm stressed too. This is an unpredictable public health crisis. Uh, I don't say unprecedented because different eras have had different things, but definitely unpredictable. Uh, And in that sense, we're all in this boat and I don't have an answer, but together we can come up with one is a more realistic perspective than to say, you know what, keep going right? Because that can be overwhelming when somebody doesn't feel like they're seen uh, and acknowledged, and that can be very stressful for people.
0: It's been stressful. It's been traumatic. It's been a long two years. I understand that trauma can impact people long term, and the pandemic has certainly been traumatic for many people. How do you think this is likely to affect us in the decades ahead?
1: I think it reinforces the the message that is time-tested, which is to focus on the fundamentals, right? Right uh for each individual and as systems coming back to focusing on the fundamentals so for any company and any health system right its greatest asset are the people that make it right and so they really have to think about that and then the customer base is just as strong an asset so they have to think about communication there and being real Uh, and for individuals focusing on the fundamentals is recognizing that you have to take care of your own health. You know, I had a lady who recently came to me with a lot of stress and she talked about the fact that, you know what, I'm, I'm just completely burnt out and drained of energy because I'm caring for so many things and juggling so many balls. And I said, you know, it's interesting, the human heart is a giver. It gives all day long, keeps on giving, but it's figured something out. It's got these coronary arteries. So every time it pumps, it feeds itself first so it can keep going. And so for people to recognize that we have to do what is necessary to take care of our own health. And for each of us, it's different, right? For some people, nutrition, some people, exercise, some people, stress management, mindfulness, some people getting better sleep, you know, refocusing on what they value and prioritize. I think this pandemic has really helped a lot of people recognize that the things that were priorities before aren't necessarily the things that are the immutables, right, and the fundamentals. And so hopefully uh, through this pandemic, people will focus on the fundamentals that matter them most and recognize that, you know, the meaningful relationships in their life are the things that oftentimes uh, provide for sustained happiness, more so than um, other factors that they may have valued before.
0: Well, I appreciate you making time to talk with us about this. My guest has been Dr. Koshal Nanavati. He's the Assistant Dean of Wellness at Upstate and also the Medical Director of Integrative Medicine and Survivorship. And an assistant professor of family medicine. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's HealthLink on Air.